the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello everyone, welcome to another leadership podcast. I'm Tiff Harris, Primary Specialist at Askell. I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by one of our leaders, Martin Blaine. Martin, hello. Can you begin by talking us through your context and your background? And then I know you are passionate about many things. So I'm going to hand over to you to talk through this and um, and, I'll, and I'll chat to you again at the end. So Martin, over to you. Thank you. Hello, Tiff. And thank you for having me um, on this podcast. Um, so um, as you know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for over 25 years. Um, I started off life as a secondary maths teacher um, in the borough of Bromley. Um, I've worked in a very wide range of schools. Uh, I've worked in some independent schools. I've worked in my old school, uh, QE Boys in Barnet, which is now a great grammar school. And I've worked in some quite challenging schools um, in in the city of London. Um, I also did a couple of years in East Africa as a VSO, again, as a a teacher. Um, And then after some time, I went into school management, school leadership, um, and that's where I've been ever since. Um, I've been a deputy head, again, in, in several different schools. I have a, a broad range of experience and also a, as a consultant on school improvement. Um, my current position is I am the principal of Canary Wharf College Glenworth, which is a multi-academy trust on the Isle of Dogs. Um, we have three really excellent schools and mine is, is, is one of them. Now, as well as being a, a teacher and an education leader, I'm, I'm a passionate environmentalist. I have this very hard hitting assembly that I would show from time to time. I don't show it too often or it loses its impact. And it's mostly for senior schools and it's incredibly graphic. And it looks at the causes of environmental degradation. And in particular, it looks at the causes of global warming or climate change. Um, and it looks at what we what we might do about it. And it looks at the effects of this if we don't do things about it. And, you know, a lot of this draws on Al Gore's film, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, which I have found very influential myself. Um, and also another film, The Age of Stupid. And I feel that they they highlight the folly of the human race. And I feel it's kind of like it's my duty to do my bit to sort of step in and and, and sort of try to prevent this from happening. So, um, you know, myself personally, um, what could I do? Uh, what could I do uh, about this? Well, as a family, we, we very rarely fly anymore. And I personally never drive if there's any possible alternative. And I obviously encourage my own children to do that. We have our bikes and we have our feet and we do what we can not to drive. A house is full of very efficient lights and all kinds of other you know energy saving gadgets as far as we can um and you know we live in the modern world of course we live in the modern world but uh, we try to live as ecologically uh, as ecologically as we as we can um I, the words of gandhi which is tread lightly on the earth i try to tread lightly on the earth i buy as few new clothes as i can get away with and i try to get things in minimal packaging and i have to say i'm fairly obsessive with recycling However, I'm a strong believer that all of this counts really for nothing unless you can bring others along with you on this ride. And that hundreds, even hundreds of thousands of citizens doing the right thing won't be enough. It really needs the support of everybody. It needs the support of big business and it needs the support of government. And I have this really big belief that children may be the answer to this. Children are the future. Um, And 
if you if you talk to children, they, they will tell you that they are the future, they believe in the future, and they really want to do the right thing to create this future. Um, I mean, I'll be dead. I'll be dead long before the worst effects of climate change are felt, but our children will still be alive. And so they are, more than any other people in society, they are idealistic and they really want to do something about it. So I have this idea that um, a letter from a child on the prime minister's desk would be so much more effective than one from an adult. And what would happen if a hundred, a thousand, a million letters from children all came to the prime minister's desk? He would have to listen. He would have to listen to all of those children because they are the future. Uh, I just, just would love to see the headlines, you know, the children have spoken. Our children in terror of climate disaster. Um, one of the most effective environmental campaigners, uh, the most effective activist in the last little while was a 14-year-old girl from Sweden who just cut through all the nonsense and made people listen to us. And she is kind of at my school. She's kind of like one of our heroes. And we look out for her. We look up to her. And we, um, you know, we, we, follow, we follow her work. Um, when I was new in this job, um, there was a huge climate march in September 2019. Um, I decided I was just a little early in the job to suggest that my primary age children should take the day off school and march. So I, I didn't suggest that. I felt that, that would probably not be a good start to my career here. But what I did is I asked each teacher to do some work with their class. And so I gave an introduction. I ran a series of assemblies. And we based our work on three things. Number one, what I'm scared of. Number two, what I personally pledge to do. And number three, what I want others to do. And the children had to think of those things. Now, the very youngest children perhaps weren't able to think in quite that precise way. But definitely, you know, year two upwards, they were, they were absolutely all over this project. And we had some incredible work. Um, it was amazing how quickly and how readily the children and the teachers got to grips with this task. Um, we had little hands uh, which had the three things on it, the fears, the pledges and the demands. We had video recordings with each of these things recorded. So the children that were too young to, to write, would, would, would uh, they'd say it into the, into the video. They would speak what they thought. Um, some of them drew pictures. The younger children drew pictures. Sometimes they drew a great big picture with everybody in the class drawing certain things like sad looking monkeys and chopped down trees and people sort of mopping their brows because they were too hot. Um, you know, a huge poster was stuck on the roof of the school and a massive book of different ideas was made by one class. So that, that was a very energetic week. It was a brilliant week, a lovely week. Um, and I gathered in all their brilliant work, all their fantastic stuff, and we scanned it and we showed them in assembly and we put them on Twitter and on the school's website. And then I sent it to different politicians. So some of them got the, um, the hard copy and some of them got electronic copies, but we made sure that our messages got sent to different people. So the prime minister got quite a few. The president of America got some, and even the secretary general of the United Nations, and our, certainly our local member of parliament, was in receipt of some of our ideas. So now it's two years on, our temperatures have risen, and we have seen 
terrifying fires, floods, and hurricanes um, in the last two years, with some of the species that we share the planet with brought to the brink of extinction. The difference is now the issue is firmly on the table, and I'm delighted about that. In the in opinion polls in the United Kingdom, environmentalism, and in particular, I mean climate change and plastic pollution, this now ranks as the number two issue that people are concerned about. So the people have spoken. Yeah. But as Greta Thunberg said, it's a lot of talk and very little action. So that's that's where that's where we are. In my spare time, I work with a charitable trust. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with my, my school job. And I'm trying to see if there are educated, education leaders like myself who perhaps want to link up. Perhaps we could create a unified children's voice on environmentalism. And then the trust would pay for that, pay for the admin and, and sort of get it going. All it needs is a few committed leaders to get together because our voices together are stronger than separately. Now, this isn't easy. It's very much, it's full of difficulties. There are very real ethical issues about using children to lobby politicians. And I am always keen that I explore these issues with the children first, that we go through it and that they, I, I present things to them. I show them, the teachers show them the evidence and they explain the science. And then we let the ideas come from the children. And if they don't agree with it, then they are absolutely in no way uh, are they compelled to take part in this? But the vast majority are the keenest environmentalists that I know. So here we are. We are rapidly approaching the Climate Change Conference hosted by the United Kingdom this November. And we are a very technically advanced country with superb scientists. And we have the technical answers to many of the problems. So I want to see our leaders standing up unequivocally on this issue I want the United Kingdom to give an international lead. So maybe if a million letters landed on Boris's doorstep in the next month from children, maybe he would give that lead. That's excellent, Martin. Thank, thank you for that. Um, just, just a couple of questions um, from me. The, we have lots of leaders listening to these podcasts and they many may be interested in this. Just, do you, do you educate parents too? Did you involve the parents prior to this? Or what, what advice, do you have any advice on that? You, you know, you may not, but. I, I am in constant contact with the parents. I'm, I'm lucky um, this school enjoys an incredibly supportive, educated, dynamic parent mm. body. They do loads of stuff for the school. And I, I write a newsletter. I give, uh, you know, I give presentations to them and they're fully involved in this. And people have sometimes written back to me and said, we really like the work you're doing. Um, you know, my child was uh, was really inspired by this and they want to do it. So the answer is yes. You know, I'm quite I'm quite careful not to lecture them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to lecture the children either, but I'm I'm quite keen that I just present the science and I say this is quite difficult. Um, you know, this is what we need to do. Um, but I, I want them involved. I want them involved in the children's education. And so I will tell them about these projects. And yes, I do. I, I One of the more practical things I do with parents is I encourage them not to drive. And we had a, uh, it was a, a don't take your car to school week. And we had a, a sort of a running tally. And most classes were above 90% of people not taking the car. So that's um, you know, 10% driving, 90% taking some sort of sustainable transport. 
And we finished off the week. I had to cycle into work to show that my put my money where my mouth was. And it's a hell of a long journey. I live in Barnet and I had to cycle to Docklands. But that was okay. I was doing it in, in a, a cause and I was welcomed with like cakes and a cup of tea and all that. So it was brilliant. So the answer is yes. The children are behind us and the parents are behind us too. Any advice on just in the last 30 seconds to a minute? Um, next steps. So if you are, if we have leaders listening to this thinking that this has really inspired me. I would love other education leaders to empower their children to, um, to take action on things that they really believe in. As I said, children are the most ideological people. And I, I remember as a child, I didn't really feel that my views were, were that important. And I, I want to listen to the children. I want to empower them to say the things that they want to say. So I, I run a course which um, it basically develops oracy, it develops debating, it develops public speaking. And my aim is to give them a voice. And I would like my fellow education leaders to give their children a voice. And ideally, they would give them a voice to speak out about environmentalism, because I believe really strongly that that's the big issue that we're facing at the moment. There are many issues, but this one is bigger than all the others because it's an existential issue. And I would love it if my school, you know, my, my school leader colleagues would follow along with this and, you know, so we could perhaps link up and, um, and do things because together we are, we are stronger. Thank you very much for that, Martin. I'm certainly inspired by your talk today. And I was inspired when um, I first met you a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and I'm inspired regularly, frequently, daily, hourly by ASCOL primary members. So I hope that you have um, been able to do the same for people listening to this today. If you are interested in this, we have other podcasts. And if you would like to volunteer to do a, pod a podcast for us, then I would love to speak to you. Take care, everybody. And thank you again, Martin, for this inspirational talk today. The ASCOL Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.